0: Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Film Buff Podcast. So, this is the first episode coming at you right after the 90th Academy Awards. And, man, they were, if I could say it in one word, to sum up the entire awards season that we've kind of gone through together and now finished, I would say that the 90th Academy Awards were predictable. Predictable. Um, there wasn't really any big surprises. I mean, these last couple years, we've had different films that were pitted against each other, right? We've had, um, it was like like Boyhood versus Birdman. And it was who, who would come out on top you had the people who were fighting for birdman and you had the people who were fighting for boyhood then after that we had i believe the the most recent one of course being la la land versus moonlight which which would win and this year you could kind of say that the battle was between three billboards and the shape of water but in the end the shape of water did leap ahead Of three billboards. Which isn't too surprising. It won the Golden Lion. um, or, Or Silver Lion. I don't remember. In Venice Film Festival of last year. And this was Guillermo del Toro's epic. The movie that he had been wanting to make forever. And it's really interesting. With The Shape of Water. In that. I was really surprised by it. I had heard of the movie, of course, uh, going back, I think, the end of 2016, when Guillermo had just finished wrapping the film, uh, wrapped in about August of that year. And I remember listening to an interview on a podcast that I listened to where they were interviewing Doug Jones. And if you don't know, Doug Jones is the actor... Who has worked with Guillermo del Toro countless times. If you're familiar with Hellboy, he plays the character of Abe Sapien, who is the the man in the tank. He also collaborated with Guillermo on Pan's Labyrinth as well, playing a vast array of characters. He played Pan, he was the eyeless man with the eyes in his palms that ate the kids and had the pile of shoes. And then, of course, he was the creature in The Shape of Water. And I was listening to an interview with Doug Jones, and he said that this film, he described it as beautiful, and I thought, okay, Doug, that's great. You love Guillermo. I'm sure anything he does is beautiful to you. And I put it off. I did. I put off The Shape of Water as this fantasy movie That wouldn't really go anywhere. And here we are. Three days later. And The Shape of Water. Not only won Best Picture. Guillermo del Toro won Best Director. It won Original Score. And Production Design. And none of those are surprising. The film is beautiful. It looks beautiful. It should have. um, one, One more. It definitely should have won. If I could say it should have been nominated for costume design, because I understand that that creature effect was partly CGI and partly practical effect and if and that Doug Jones actually got into that costume every day. But the the film looked beautiful and I love that soundtrack. Unsurprising that Alexandra the Splot won that. And it's unsurprising that Guillermo del Toro won Best Director as well. The Academy loves Guillermo. So the fact The Shape of Water won was really surprising to me because I had just put it off. But there we go The Shape of Water won Best Picture for the year 2017 for the 90th Academy Awards. Going off of that, in the vein that the awards were rather predictable, I mean, Gary Oldman. One Best Actor, which is so not surprising because November, again, going back to 2016, November of 2016 is when they released that picture of Gary Oldman in the fat suit. And I remember when it was released, and I turned it, and I turned the phone that I was looking on to my wife, Amanda, and I showed her, and I'm like, this is Gary Oldman. You can barely even tell it's him. But I showed him, or I showed her where you could kind of see him, little bit in the eyes and stuff and it I remember thinking it looks really cool and if he's able to pull it off which I think he is that Gary Oldman could in fact win the Oscar for uh that that next year which turned out to be uh this last Sunday and I predicted it that night and it happened Gary Oldman won best actor a lot of people were saying that Timothy Chalamet should have won the award call me by your name was beautiful i think timothy chalamet is a very talented young man but i think the oscars focuses on that last part a little too much he's a very talented young man he will have multiple opportunities to show himself and in i'll I'll show in this, this episode a little bit later we'll talk about how he might be able to do that really soon best actress was Frances mcdormand Of course, my choice would have been Sally Hawkins, who was my favorite performance of the year from The Shape of Water, because I think her performance, I don't want to say that Frances McDormand had an easy performance, it was of course she played a grieving mother, but Frances McDormand has a gruff personality already, so for her to portray that on screen probably wasn't so much of a leap. As much as it was for Sally Hawkins to portray a deaf woman. And had to convey so much emotion, and especially the most important emotion, which is love, without speaking. And she did that so effectively. Uh, other one was Sam Rockwell, who won Supporting Actor for Three Billboards. I know there was this big poova about about Will- Willem Dafoe. I almost said William Dafoe which is his actual name, is William. Willem is actually a nickname. I learned that this year. It was going to be Willem Dafoe. He was the big frontrunner, but then Sam Rockwell came in and swooped out from under him and took it all. The same thing happened with Laurie Metcalf, who was the frontrunner for Lady Bird, but Allison Janney came in and won the Oscar as well for her portrayal in I, Tonya. I think screenplay is an award where there was a really good surprise. Toward the end of the season, it wasn't super surprising. The fact that Jordan Peele's Get Out was nominated for Best Picture, he was nominated for Best Director, and uh, Daniel Kaluuya was nominated for Best Actor. When it came to that film, it was widely accepted by the Academy, which I was super surprised about. So the fact that Jordan Peele won for Best Original Screenplay is awesome and great. And I'm excited to see what he does next. Uh, Best Adapted Screenplay went to Call Me By Your Name. The writer was James Ivory, who hadn't won an award at that moment. But he's this super old man who apparently has been writing for decades. And I'm looking it up. Other things that he has written. uh, Films he's written um, going back to the 70s even. But he's... I don't really see anything that's of note to me, at least. But apparently he's this great writer. I don't know. But he's this really old guy. And they like to give awards to really old guys. So the fact that he won this award. He's, yeah, he's 89 years old. That's insane. But he won for Call Me By Your Name. Which is a beautiful script. And beautifully adapted. I didn't have a chance to read the book. But it sounded nice. The dialogue flowed well, I guess. Anyway, yeah, so Call Me By Your Name won Best Adapted Screenplay, which is great. That's the only award that film won, which is surprising because it was the hit of Sundance last year. Um, Yeah, so going on, uh, animated feature was Coco. Again, not too surprising. And then lastly, I'll mention the documentary winner, which was Icarus, which is the Brian Fogel documentary about the Russian doping scandal which was an accidental documentary. He had set out to make a documentary about, I believe it was just about the sport itself, and then uncovered the doping scandal within the sport, and that kind of became the focus. So, like I said, it was predictable, but it was a good show. Jimmy Kimmel put on a good show. And I just wanted to address quickly, if I can do it quickly, again, passion here. I've been reading a lot of articles and I've been listening to a lot of podcasts of various other pundits in the industry and talking about the Oscars as a whole. And of course, when we talk about the Oscars, we always talk about the number one award that people consider, which is best picture. And what I want to just say really quickly, is that I think we need to slow our roll when it comes to our opinion of the Oscars. Because a lot of people don't fully understand what the Oscars are. The Oscars are the Academy Awards, and they are the Academy Awards of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. That is a division in Hollywood, that is a group of people, people in the Academy. So, essentially, the films that win are the opinions of those people in the Academy. They're not saying that this is the best film of the year, period, nothing else. You have to love this film. It's these people's idea of what their favorite films were, their favorite performances of the year. So... It's just a group of people, guys. They're not deciding it for the rest of the world. It's just their opinion, and we judge it so harshly. Which is, again, the reason why I do this podcast is because I think it's fun to predict what will win. And in the long run, a lot of these movies end up being great movies, great, great films that, that I will love and that I will cherish. But... They are just movies that I think people in Hollywood will like and will favor and will nominate and award for their little millionaire award show, let's just clap each other on the back every year, you know, assembly that they call the Academy Awards. So just that. Just remember that it's a group of people They're not deciding the fate of these movies. And they're not saying that one movie is better than the other. It's just opinion. And really, that's it. So that was it. I mean, that's 90th Academy Awards. It's over. It's done. Guess what? It's time for the 91st Academy Awards. We're estimating they'll probably be in about a year. I think it was really weird that they were presented in March that doesn't usually happen but we're about a year away so it's time to launch into the new race of course we don't have a great idea right now of the films that will be nominated but we can look at the slate we can look at the different studios we can look at the films that popular studios are getting behind we look at studio the main ones we look at universal we look at Paramount, we look at Fox, Sony, Fox Searchlight, who The Shape of Water came from. We look at Annapurna, A24, um, Neon West, who did Aitanya this year. You look at Focus Features, you look at all of these big prestigious studios, and you find the films that they're coming out with this next year. And from that, and from complete hypothesis and guesswork, you predict what the films that are going to be talked about within the next year. The biggest thing we have to go on won't happen for another month. And that is usually mid-April is when the announcements for the films that will premiere at Cannes come up. And Cannes Film Festival is the, I'd say it's the second biggest film festival of the year we've just had our first one which was Sundance and we've had a lot of great films that came out of Sundance as well you had Colette which was the Kira Knightley biopic uh, starring Kira Knightley and Dominic West about the French uh, novelist I believe Colette is her name and she was in an abusive relationship and there's a lot of things that Kira Knightley can work with as an actress so that was bought up I forget the studio that bought it, but it's going to be released in the fall, around awards season, so that's one to look at. Another Sundance movie was Leave No Trace, a film by Deborah Granik, who is the director that discovered Jennifer Lawrence and put her in her film Winter's Bone, for which Jennifer Lawrence received, I believe, her first Academy Award nomination. The rumor is that for her latest film, Leave No Trace, which is about a father and a daughter who live off the grid and then are found by the government people and are forced to integrate with the rest of society. So the rumor is that this the actress in this film, uh, Thomason McKenzie, is said to be deborah granick's latest discovery just like she discovered j so we'll have to wait and see and there's a lot of other great films that came out of sundance uh, comedian Bo burnham had his film called eighth grade which could supposedly ride that ladybird high of a coming of age story paul dano the actor had his film premiere starring jake gyllenhaal and carrie mulligan about a father that leaves his family to fight a fire. That's uh, called Wildlife, Life, and that's coming out later this year. So Sundance gave us a little bit. Cannes will give us more. We'll probably see more of the prestigious films premiere at Cannes. That's usually where they get their first little run. So today, we're going to go through the topics. Uh, the categories of Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Actress, Supporting Actor, and Supporting Actress. Those are the ones we'll go over today. And we're just going to look at some films. I'll tell you a little bit, bit, bit about them. And keep your eye open. These are the films that I've looked at for the last year, half a year. While these Oscars were going on, I was already looking at these films. And these are the films that I think, there's about 10 or so of each, each category, films, actors, things, actors, actresses, that we should keep an eye on. So, completely hypothetical, and completely alphabetical. So, here we go. His Missing Father. Director is James Gray of The Lost City of Z, written by James Gray and Elizabeth Gross, who worked on the TV series Fringe. It stars Brad Pitt. Tommy Lee Jones, Ruth Naga, and Donald Sutherland. Back Seats. It's a film about the 46th Vice President of the United States, Dick Cheney, written and directed by Adam McKay, who won the screenplay for his film The Big Short. It stars Christian Bale, Amy Adams, Steve Carell, Bill Pullman, and Sam Rockwell. Beautiful Boy. It's a film about a father who watches his son struggle with an addiction to meth. Directed by Felix Van Groningen. Not sure if I got that name right. He is a foreign director who was nominated for an Oscar for his foreign film, The Broken Circle Breakdown, a few years ago. The screenplay is by Felix Van Groningen with Luke Davies, who was nominated for his screenplay for the film Lion, that starred Dev Patel couple years ago. That film stars Steve Carell, Timothy Chalamet, Maura Tierney, and Amy Ryan. Boy Erased. Story of the son, a true story, of the son of a Baptist preacher who was outed by his parents and sent to a gay conversion therapy program. This is written and directed by Joel Edgerton, the actor, who received a nomination from the Directors Guild for his first directorial feature called The Gift. It stars Lucas Hedges, Russell Crowe, Nicole Kidman, Joel Edgerton, and Sherry Jones. The Favorite, set in 18th century England in the court of Queen Anne, whose life is turned upside down with the arrival of her most trusted advisor's cousin. This is directed by Yorgos Lanthimos, the director of The Lobster, and last year's film The Killing of a Sacred Deer, which premiered at Cannes. It is written by Deborah Davis and Tony McNamara, and stars Emma Stone, Olivia Colman, Rachel Weisz, Nicholas Holt, and Joe Alwyn. First Man This is the story of Neil Armstrong and the Apollo 11 crew. This is the next film from Damien Chazelle, the, who won the Oscar for Best Director for his film La La Land. This is written by Nicole Perlman, who is the author of Guardians of the Galaxy, as well as Captain Marvel. So she's a Marvel screenwriter. And it also is uh, featured on the screenplays Josh Singer, who wrote for Spotlight and last year's The Post. It stars Ryan Gosling... Claire Foy, Corey Stoll, Kyle Chandler, Jason Clarke, Shay Wiggum, John Bernthal, Brian Darcy James, and just a whole crew of astronauts. If Beale Street Could Talk, a story of a woman who scrambles to prove her fiancé's innocence while carrying their child. This is written and directed by Barry Jenkins. It's his next film, who won... Best Picture and Best Screenplay for Moonlight The cast is Kiki Lane A complete newcomer Stephen James Tayona Paris Regina King And Dave Franco Mary Queen of Scots About Mary Stewart's attempt to overthrow her cousin Queen Elizabeth I Directed by Josie Rourke It's her film debut She is uh, the artistic director of the Donmar Warehouse in London, so she comes from more of a theatrical background. This is written by Beau Willeman, who is the creator of House of Cards, and also wrote Ides of March. It stars Saoirse Ronan, Margot Robbie, David Tennant, Jack Loudon, and Martin Compston. On the Basis of Sex, the story of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Directed by Mimi Letter, who directed Pay It Forward and has directed episodes of The Leftovers, the television show, as well as serving as the executive producer. Written by Daniel Stipleman. It stars Felicity Jones, Army Hammer, Justin Thoreau, Kathy Bates, and Sam Waterston. Where Do You Go, Bernadette? About a woman who goes missing and is... Searched for by her 15-year-old daughter. This is the latest film from Richard Linklater, who last did Boyhood. It's written by Linklater and Michael Weber and Scott Neustetter, who were nominated this last year for their work on The Disaster Artist. It stars Kate Blanchett, Billy Crudup, Kristen Wiig, Judy Greer, and Lawrence Fishburne. Widows about four armed robbers who are killed in a failed heist attempt and whose widows step up to finish the job. This is directed by Steve McQueen, who won Best Picture for 12 Years a Slave a couple years ago. This is his next movie. It's written by Steve McQueen as well as Gillian Flynn, who was the author and screenwriter of Gone Girl. Stars Viola Davis, Elizabeth Debicki, Michelle Rodriguez, Cynthia Erivo, Colin Farrell, and Daniel Kaluuya from Get Out. The Women of Marwan, about a victim of a violent assault who meticulously constructs a miniature World War II village in his backyard to aid in his recovery. This is another true story. It's directed by Robert Zemeckis, who lasted Allied. And then The Walk and Flight. It's written by Zemeckis as well as Carolyn Thompson who is one of Tim Burton's writers. She wrote the screenplays for The Nightmare Before Christmas as well as Corpse Bride. It stars Steve Carell, Leslie Mann, Diane Kruger, Janelle Monet, and Eliza Gonzalez. So those are some pretty impressive Best Picture nominees. All right, so let's talk about best directors. These are the directors that could have a chance. We have Damien Chazelle, who's directing First Man, the Neil Armstrong story. Joel Edgerton, who's directing Boy Erased. James Gray, who's directing Ad Astra. Barry Jenkins for If Beale Street Could Talk. So it could be another Barry Jenkins, Damien Chazelle uh, battle like they did with La La Land and Moonlight. You also have Yorgos Lanthimos, possibly for The Favourite. Mike Lee is directing a film called Peterloo, which is about the Manchester Massacre. Mimi Letter for On the Basis of Sex. Spike Lee for a film called Black Klansman, which is a film about an African-American detective who infiltrates the Ku Klux Klan. Richard Linkletter for Where'd You Go Bernadette. Adam McKay for Backseat. Steve McQueen for Widows. Any number of those directors could possibly squeak in there. We also have uh, Jacques Adiard for a film called The Sisters Brothers, which is a Western about two outlaw brothers. Bradley Cooper is directing a remake of A Star is Born, starring Lady Gaga. Jason Reitman is doing the telling of the failed presidential candidate, Gary Hart, in a film called The Front Runner. And Gus Van Sant for... Don't Worry, He Won't Get Far on Foot, a film about the artist John Callahan, which actually had its premiere at Sundance. All right, so let's talk about lead actors. These are the possible actors who could come up in the year. We have Christian Bale, who is playing Dick Cheney in the film Backseat. Steve Carell, who is in multiple films. He's playing Nick Schiff, who is the father that's helping his son through addiction in Beautiful Boy as well as Mark camp who is the man who builds the miniature village in The Women of Marwin*. Willem Defoe is a possibility for playing Van Gogh in a film called At Eternity's Gate. Ryan Gosling for playing Neil Armstrong in First Man. Lucas Hedges as the boy who is sent to therapy in Boy Raced. Hugh Jackman is playing Gary Hart in that frontrunner film. Rami Malek, who is on Mr. Robot on USA is playing Freddie Mercury in a biopic about Queen and Freddie Mercury called Bohemian Rhapsody. And then Joaquin Phoenix, who is not only in that film, don't worry, he won't get far on foot as John Callahan, but he's also in The Sisters Brothers, that Western, as one of the main brothers. Also, Bradley Cooper is a possibility for playing in A Star is Born. Ben Foster is the dad from Leave No Trace, that uh, father-daughter film from Sundance. Jake Gyllenhaal is the father in Wildlife, who leaves his family to go fight the fires. Brad Pitt is the star of Ad Astra. And potentially even Seth Rogen, because he's playing Walter Cronkite in a film called Newsflash this year. Which is about the assassination of JFK and Walter Cronkite's report about it. All right, so lead actresses. Kate Blanchett, who's playing Bernadette. It's the architect turned recluse who disappears in Where'd You Go, Bernadette. Emily Blunt, for playing the new Mary Poppins in Mary Poppins Returns as a possibility. Glenn Close is on a lot of people's radar for a film she's doing called The Wife. Viola Davis is playing the leader of those bank-robbing widows in Widows. Felicity Jones is playing Ruth Bader Ginsburg in On the Basis of Sex. Kieran Knightley, as I mentioned, for Colette. Kiki Lane, who is in Barry Jenkins' If Beale Street Could Talk, as the woman who's fighting to free her fiancé. Julianne Moore has a role this year in a remake of a film called Gloria. Saoirse Ronan as Mary Stewart in Mary Queen of Scots. Emma Stone as The Favourite in the film called The Favourite. And Rachel Weiss or Sarah Churchill in The Favourite as well are possibilities. Other possibilities include Gemma Arterton or Elizabeth Debicki in a film called *Vita* and Virginia which is about the love affair between Virginia Woolf and Vita Sackville West. Laura Dern is in a film called Trial by Fire. Isabelle Luper is in a film called The Widow, which is about an aging widow who forms a mysterious relationship with a young woman said to be a thriller horror type. Charlize Theron is in um, a film called Tully, where she's playing this mother who's gifted with a babysitter. And even Rosamund Pike from Gone Girl. She's playing Marie Colvin, which was an American journalist who was killed in the field. So there's tons of actresses as well. So supporting actors who could make waves. Steve Carell, again, this man is going to have one hell of a year. He's playing Donald Rumsfeld in Backseat. Timothy Chalamet, like we were talking about, he's going to... He's getting a pretty good shot here. He's the young man who's struggling with meth addiction in Beautiful Boy. So him opposite Steve Carell, that could be some really great magic there. Kyle Chandler is playing Deke Slayton, the head of NASA in First Man. Russell Crowe, in a more antagonist role, is playing the Baptist Preacher in Boy Erased. And Joel Edgerton, also in Boy Erased, as the head of that conversion therapy center Army Hammer has a chance for playing Ruth Bader Ginsburg's son. I'm sorry, husband, not son. That would be interesting. That age difference, that'd be cool to see. Stephen James as the young man accused of murder in If Beale Street Could Talk. And even Robert Redford as an elderly bank robber in a film called The Old Man and the Gun. And this year's winner, Sam Rockwell, he could even sneak in there. As playing former President George W. Bush in backseat opposite Christian Bale. Other people to look at is Forrest Whitaker, who was in a Sundance film called Burden, which is about a reverend who takes in a former Klan member, Jonathan Price, who is in Terry Gilliam's film, The Man Who Killed Don Quixote, finally as Don Quixote. Oscar Isaac is in At Eternity's Gate as a friend of Van Gogh, and Corey Stoll, who's also in First Man, is playing Buzz Aldrin. And Sam Elliott has a role in A Star is Born, playing a benevolent stage manager, which Bradley Cooper said was specifically written with Sam Elliott in mind. He got a lot of great press for his film last year called The Hero, which was about an aging actor so I think Sam Elliott's getting a lot of things that are really in his wheelhouse that he can really bring to light and if he's able to do that that'd be great he's one of my favorite actors and lastly we have supporting actress that we'll talk about now number one is Amy Adams she's becoming the new Leo you know she's the one who's constantly nominated but then not winning and of course, she was completely snubbed for Arrival last year, not even nominated at all. So she's playing Lynn Cheney in Backseat. She'll be working closely with Christian Bale. And they have a great history together. They worked very well together in American Hustle, opposite each other. So to see that dynamic again, it's going to be very exciting. Olivia Coleman is playing Queen Anne in The Favorite. Claire Foy is playing the wife of Neil Armstrong. Nicole Kidman is another person who's getting a lot of recognition. She got a nomination, of course, for her role in Lion. And she's in Boy Erased as the mother of the son who's sent to conversion therapy. So she's the more sympathetic one opposite Russell Crowe's antagonistic uh, father. Figure. Regina King is in If Beale Street Could Talk, although it's not disclosed yet what her role entirely is. She's said to be getting a lot of buzz for that. Margot Robbie is playing Queen Elizabeth I in Mary Queen of Scots. Sissy Spacek is in The Old Man and the Gun as Robert Redford's love interest, as a woman who loves him despite his bank robbing. And of course, it wouldn't be an Oscar year if the next name out of my mouth didn't appear, and that is Miss Meryl Streep. She's in the movie Mary Poppins Returns. She plays the character called Topsy, who's Mary Poppins' cousin, whose world, I'm just getting bored saying it, it's like she's just turned upside down. So she lives in like an upside down world, kind of like the guy on the ceiling in Mary Poppins. I don't know. But it's Meryl Streep. Everyone loves Meryl Streep. Maybe she'll sing again, like she did with Into the Woods and Mamma Mia, which they're doing a sequel of this year, which she's not in. Maybe she died. I don't know. The trailer is really confusing. But Meryl Streep might get nominated for Mary Poppins Returns, which wouldn't be surprising at all. Other supporting actresses we have to look forward to are Patricia Arquette, who is going to be in Kirsten Dunst's adaptation of The Bell Jar starring opposite Dakota Fanning. Kathy Bates has a big role in On the Basis of Sex as Dorothy Kenyon, who worked pretty closely with Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Vera Farmiga is in The Front Runner as Gary Hart's spurned wife. Rooney Mara is in Don't Worry, He Won't Get Far on Foot as John Callahan's love interest. And Ruth Nega is in Ad Astra as a possible love interest to Brad Pitt. And lastly... We have to look at Sundance here. We go to Thomasin McKenzie, who, if this is the next Jennifer Lawrence, as they're saying, could have an opportunity to pull a Jennifer Lawrence and get nominated for her Sundance movie. So that's it. As far as Best Picture, Best Actor, Actress, Supporting Actor, Supporting Actress. We have a lot of great films to look forward to in the coming months. We have, you know... Ad Astra, Boy Erased, Backseat, Beautiful Boy, The Favorites. Like, There's a lot of great films that are coming out that we're going to hear a lot about. So let's keep our eyes open. As I said, next month is when the announcements for the films premiering at Cannes will be. And that will be our first real indicator of the films to look at. If I had to predict early... As far as what films will premiere at Cannes, I would definitely say that The Favorite, which is Yorgos Lanthimos' film, will definitely premiere at Cannes. Uh, Dogtooth premiered at Cannes. The Lobster premiered there last year. The Killing of a Sacred Deer. He's very well loved by that community. So I would not be surprised if The Favorite was one of the first films that we got a really good look at and potentially even boy erased or beautiful boy um and astra not because it's more scientific i don't think barry jenkins would do his yet but but there's a lot of cool things that we could potentially see pretty soon but that's it let's move forward into the 91st academy awards here thanks so much for listening we'll talk to you next week